Hey guys, this episode is finally with the representative of what is unfortunately called a minor part of the hobby. As much as I hate to say these words, Aaron represents maybe a minority, but an important part of our hobby, as all of the other ladies that take part in it. And if some would consider them to be rare or less important, just fucking grow up and realize women are as important in the world as men are. Now, on with the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Thunk, a podcast about the mechanical keyboard hobby and what makes it mod. My guest this episode is a mechanical keyboard enthusiast that is part of a smaller but indeed more important part of the community. She's a lady, but more importantly, a moderator on the Omnitype Discord and an active member of the Texas keyboard community. Fistful of paintballs, welcome to the talk. Thank you, glad to be here. Welcome, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we spoke before about it, you know, I told you, uh, how would you like to be called? Your nick is Fistful of pin Paintballs, but I understand that, you know, you're known by throughout the community by Aaron, so if you don't yes. mind, we're using that one. Yep, uh, that is my, my actual name. Uh, when I picked my username, I didn't expect people to actually call me that, so either is Yay. fine, but <laughs> I'll save you some syllables. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, thank you for that one. <laughs> so, we, as you probably are aware, we always start with the common and usual questions of the podcast, and then we go and see where, where that takes us. So, first one being the most cheesy and most you know basic one that everyone has heard before, but what got you started into the mechanical keyboard hobby to start with? Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> so, I first joined the hobby probably in late... 2016 early 2017 and um really the reason i got into it in the first place is i was having really bad carpal tunnel like repetitive stress injuries in my wrists and around this time i had uh just graduated college um my hands were hurting really bad all through college and i kept scouring the internet for ergonomic keyboards or different ways to you know help me sit at my desk all day without this hand pain and I saw all different types of stuff. I saw like the uh, Kinesis split keyboard, which is a membrane board. And eventually I started really looking into mechanical keyboards because it just looked like there was much more customization that could be done. Um, and honestly, I had known about mechanical keyboards for a long time prior to then, but I also knew that it was a bit of a money pit, a bit of an expensive hobby and me still being in school really didn't want to, to dive that deep in. Um, but long story short, I did a bunch of research and I came across the uh, the VEA, which is a uh, split 75% board uh, made by Oddforge. And um, I fell in love with it the first time I saw it. And I started doing all this research about it. Uh, I saw some big words like group by and was trying to figure out what was what. And uh, <laughs> eventually I found there was a Google form where they had posted like, hey, we have some extra B stock units for sale. Um, you know, fill out this Google form if you want an extra. And I I sat on the decision for several days because it was, you know, it was a lot of money to spend. It was a really high Correct. end board. You know, I wanted to make sure I was uh, really serious about this decision and um I finally, I filled out the form. I got an email back from them saying, yep, it's the last one. Send us your, you know, payment information and here you go. Um, and, you know, thinking back on that now, sitting on extras for, you know, three days sounds unheard of. Uh, but Correct. Uh, but I got lucky. I got the board. Um, 
it's still one of my daily drivers and I've been hooked ever since. So on that note, right? So where did you realize then, you know, or not then, but when did you actually realize that you had taken that red pill and you had really gone into the, the rabbit hole of, of our hobby? Um, you know, how would you, how would you say that it's a time that yourself, you look into yourself and you think, you know what, I'm done. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure if there's really one defining moment. Um, the first keycap set I ever had was uh, GMK Hydro. That was actually a birthday present I convinced my family to get for me. And, um, you know, it wasn't that much later after I got the board, after I got the set onto my board that I saw a group by running for GMK Terminal. And I was kind of looking at the set on my board and looking at the, the set on my screen and going, you know, I think I might like that one better. And it, it might have been about the time that I actually received Terminal in the mail and I'm looking at this two key set, one keyboard problem that I'm having that, you know, there's, this isn't going to stop here, that there's always going to be something better and something new and something <laughs> that I like. And um, maybe it was the time where I had to buy an actual storage device to hold all my parts and stuff that I really realized that uh, this wasn't going away. <laughs> Question. So, so then, did you ever had that that situation where you look at prices uh, and you go like, Jesus Christ, these people are insane, or <laughs> you know, or from the get go, you thought, you know what, I understand the the reasoning that these people have behind it. You know, um, I I feel like I said something to my roommate I was living with at the time, and it was something along the lines of, you know, I don't mind spending this money up front because I'm going to get what I want the first time, and then I can be done. And uh, yeah, that that did not pan out as uh, yeah, how famous I famous last words, right? Yeah. Um, but but I I think I you know even when I was really early on into this hobby, had this appreciation that that everything, um, you know, was made for a very niche community, and you know that that doesn't come cheap. These things aren't mass produced. Um, a lot of group buys are just facilitated by just ordinary people. They're not big companies. They're not big vendors, and. Uh, while, yeah, the price tag was a little bit high, um, maybe I went a little bit overboard in spending, you know, finally having a, an income. I mentioned I got into this right after college, after starting a full-time job, but um, I, I feel like I could always justify it. Um, I wasn't buying everything just for the heck of it. Um, I was buying new switches because I wanted to try them out. And then if I tried them and didn't like them, I'd resell them. And, uh, yeah, I see you know, what you mean. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not going to lie and pretend I don't have a closet full of parts right now, but, you know. Hey, don't we all? That's <laughs> the thing, don't we all? Now, on that note, so what are you currently typing on at the moment? Yeah, the VEA so, or something else? Uh, not the VEA right now. Um, I'm currently typing on the SX60, which is a split 60% keyboard with arrow keys. Um, it was designed by Quantric. Um, I'm typing on this. Because my VEA is currently in parts, I've been, uh, this is a long, long-running remodel, rebuilding of that board. Um, I designed... So I can see. Sorry, I go can ahead. see a trend here. No, I, I can see a trend here. <laughs> yeah, splits. yeah. Everything I buy is split, um, with very few exceptions. Fantastic, fantastic. So now, obviously, then the next question, which is, uh, do you even small... Uh, so what is your favorite form factor and why is that? Uh, probably 65 or 75 percent. Um, really, the, the presence of the function row. Uh, I can do without depending on my mood, I guess. Um, 
I like having arrow keys. Um, the only reason I'm typing on a 60% now is because it has arrow keys in the layout. And, and really kind of the, the reason I went for that VEA in the first place and the reason I still like that layout today is just because it's it's pretty standard. You know, I can switch between a 65% layout and go back to my, my MacBook keyboard um, if I'm at work or something without really much of a, a problem. Um, you know, don't have to remember where my layers are, what I'm doing. And that's always been my, my preference. Makes sense. Makes sense. So now the next question, obviously, I feel a bit embarrassed to ask to a lady, but, you know, it is how it is. And do you like them stiff or do you like them wiggly? But this means what is your favorite keyboard mounting style? Yeah. So, yeah, in in general, I feel like I really prefer a stiff mounting style. Um, I was kind of hinting at it earlier, but the... Uh, my big remodel project of my VEA, which was my first keyboard, um, I designed a five millimeter brass plate for it that I had machined, and I'm planning to replace the uh, you know regular aluminum plate with this five millimeter brass plate. Um, I really so enjoy, yeah. yeah. Well, first I wanted to add some extra weight to the board, but I, I really enjoy that feeling. Um, I typed on a friend's Noxery board one time with a five millimeter plate and just fell in love and had to have it for myself. But I mean, the, the interesting thing about mounting styles, especially when you're looking at split keyboards, is there aren't a lot of options. There, I mean, there aren't a lot of split keyboards out there to begin with that are actually two pieces and not just like an ergo single piece, kind of like the Alice. Um, mm -hmm. The VEA, I believe, is top mount. Um, I am a person who probably like three years into the hobby kind of realized mounting styles were different and that other people were making purchasing decisions based on mounting style while I'm over here being like, yep, I'm got my one board. It's mounted how it's mounted and I'm going to like it because that's what I got. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, indeed, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because I have a, I have, I have a two or three split boards and uh, you know, uh, all from, uh, from uh, KBO. And one of them is actually uh, the Q frequency, which is a VEA clone. Right, it's the same sort of 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 of, uh, of board, but again, you know, in a three D printed case, so it's all plastic, so it's much different than that. But like you said, it's a bit different in in split boards that you don't have that many, you know, uh, you don't have that much flexibility in terms of of uh, different types of mounting styles, etc., because it's a different type of of board. So yeah, for you know, sure. You know, I sometimes wonder if I were new to the community today, if I would, given the option, still pursue something like the VEA over something like the the Q frenzy, um, which is it's, it's much cheaper, definitely uh, yes, much cheaper, for sure, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, but I find them. You know, I looked at the, at them as as fun boards to build, uh, and because of the price, you know, they're actually very accessible, right. very good for the price, to be honest. Um, but you know, again, it's it's more for the fun of it than than actually, you know, using them daily. I'm not a, I love them, but I'm not a big, a big uh, split, you know, user at the moment. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. No, understood. Which then brings us to the next question, which is ergo what, bruv? And we are, think, I think you, we already know a bit of the answer, but what is the limit of ergonomics to you? So you go split, do you go full splurgo? You know, would you use something like those? more ergonomic you know ergo keyboards all weird <laughs> with 10 keys or you know um, it's 
I, I once seriously considered buying one of those um, Maltron left-handed keyboards, which are designed for people that have limited mobility or can Correct. only have use yeah. of one hand. Um, I mean, that's how bad my RSI was at one time. And I was just, you know, how can I have as little movement as possible? Um, I quickly ruled that that idea out. I think I'm probably too stubborn to ever actually learn a layout like that. But for me, it's really split keyboards are the only keyboards I ever seriously consider buying. Um, there's a couple of very few exceptions. Um, I, I own an Alice clone board, um, that I have yet to build, but want to really the reason holding me back from building that is because it's a wind keyless and I struggle with that personally, but I'll try to get over my fear. And, uh, just a couple other boards that I really liked. Um, the idea of, I have a, a Japanese HHKB. I wanted to try out Topra and I thought that was a fun layout, but, um, how do you really, find Topra personally? Um, you know, and honestly, it is it is different than I expected it to be when I first read about it and heard about it. Um, I also think that there's a lot more variation in the aftermarket mods you can do to it, the silencing mods, the like BKE domes that were popular for a while. Um, truthfully, I stopped using that board because I attempted to replace the domes and then just got fed up trying to line them up properly. Because they never lined up, and it's I could never pain, get it yeah. back together, and that was kind of the end of me typing on that board. I, I like. To be honest, it. I tried. I tried, tried Topra, and I'm going to be maybe very uh, polarizing for some people, but I didn't find it anything special. I just found it a, a membrane keyboard, I and mean, I know a lot of people <laughs> love it. Uh, for me, it was well, I don't see anything special about it. Yeah, that's. I do. I did like the feel of it. I think kind of just where I landed is I have enough customization options within the family of MX switches, and I love to play around with switches and, and find different combinations that I think, you know, are maybe uh, better for my typing style. Um, and you know, to me, that just it's not worth the trouble. I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it it's it's so curious because you know you. Especially if you haven't tried it like I hadn't tried it before and and you hear, you know, people talking about Topra, 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 and then, you know, I tried it and I was like, Oh yeah, it's like this tactile membrane. Yeah, okay. It's it's totally, I have, yeah. I have but, felt some some very nice Topra boards where people will painstakingly, you know, tune every switch on their keyboard, um, do every mod available and it feels very nice. And I just maybe I don't have the patience to get to that point myself, but You got it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I'm talking about I to try this talk one. So again, I could <laughs> yeah. I could try something uh, really customized and go like, Oh now I see. Yeah. Now I see the light. But, you know, to be honest, until now didn't find it that special, right? Now we have to go into the most, uh, the more, um, the more uh, dedicated questions to you. And uh, you know, I need to start with the big elephant in the room, which is obviously women are a minority in our hobby, and I'm really always surprised to find you know women in our hobby. Uh, maybe because we assume that most of the, them are being men, but again, being a lady. Did you feel that you were treated any different from men in the community? Um, I would say the short answer is no. Um, you know, I, I am personally used to being in male-dominated spaces. I think just because that's where my hobbies naturally are. Um, you know, I was one of very few girls in my elementary school robotics club. I was the only girl in my high school digital electronics class. Um, 
I'm a, I'm a software engineer. It's my day job. So, you know, I've spent most of my career being, you know, only woman on the team. Um, you know, and I've been very fortunate that in the vast majority of these situations, people have been pretty welcoming to me. Um, I'm, you know, I, I can't pin down why that might be or what makes certain situations welcoming and others more exclusionary. Um, you know, hopefully it's pretty apparent that, you know, when I'm in these spaces, I'm here because I have a genuine interest and also that I know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, keyboards is a really nerdy hobby to begin with. And most people I've talked to both online and in real life at meetups are just really eager to discuss this weird niche hobby that we all have. And I think there's just really not a lot of room for gatekeeping and being judgmental when, you know, you're sitting down comparing <laughs> this honestly just Plastic really, squares. yeah, it, it, it's absurd, <laughs> you know, something like sports, yeah. I feel like that's more easily skewed as like a boys club or, oh, you never played football or, you know, name every team, but you know, you can't have that conversation, you know, with keyboards. And, and I think just, you know, once they see that I'm just another person who shares those same interests, it becomes a lot easier to just have a conversation, get to know someone and talk really at length about a subject that you probably rarely get to talk about with your other friends because they're just tired of hearing you ramble about the merits of tactile versus linear or whatever. So, uh, <laughs> you know, for, for, I, I feel pretty fortunate that I've, I really never felt um, like an outsider in most of these situations. That's cool. That's good to know. That's good to know. Uh, now, another note, which is, uh, if people are not aware, uh, Aaron is a moderator in Dixie's uh, server, uh, in OmniType Discord server. Uh, how did that come about then? Yeah, so I first met uh, Garrett, formerly known as Dixie, uh, at the Austin, Texas Key Crawl. And I want to say 2018, I might be a year off. Uh, but this was a, a mechanical keyboard pub crawl that we did uh, throughout downtown Austin. Um, and uh, Garrett flew down from Alabama and uh, I met him for the first time there, actually, because we both won a raffle that was going on um, at one of the venues for this. Uh, it was a beer themed uh, artisan. It was a spooter keycap by Justin uh, hmm. Keymaker, key maker. And there were two available and, he won one and I won the other one. And uh, somewhere there's a picture of our two spooters sitting together. And that's where I first uh, met Garrett. And then, um, you know, we stayed in touch and became friends through um, just a private keyboard discord server. It was uh, for Houston uh, keyboard enthusiasts, but he was an honorary member. And uh, over the years, as his server grew, I think he made me a moderator one day just because he uh, was having trouble with one of the bots that he was using or, you know, wanted some custom implementation and I had some programming skills and uh, I've been a moderator ever since. That's curious to know. So it's funny because, um, again, I am a mod in a server as well. Uh, and to be honest, I find that I don't have the time to do it, you know, mainly due to my life, to the podcast, personal stuff and, you know, uh, for me, it's not just a title, you know, at the same time, it's a responsibility and, and I'm, you know, I don't feel that I should be modding there because I'm never there. Right. Do you find it the same way? Do you find that moderators are people in the, in discords and in, you know, in servers that they should have a presence there or, or not? How do you find the role of a moderator 
in yeah, Discord. it it's interesting. I think um, some people will see, you know, a username of a different color and will react very differently towards that person or act very differently towards that person than they would anyone else just because, oh, they have power here. Um, you know, I feel like my main job as a moderator is just to make sure that the space that I'm moderating is welcoming to everybody to um, really curate a sense of community. There's very few instances where I've had to actually step in and, you know, ban somebody for, you know, bad language or for harassment or anything like that. Um, you know, in the case of uh, the Omnitype server, most of what I do day to day is just, you know, redirect people to the FAQ or other customer support type things, uh, which is always funny when someone assumes that I work there and can go, you know, refund their order or something, which I definitely cannot do. Um <laughs> And it's a little bit of a different vibe in the uh, the Texas Discord server, which I'm also a moderator of, because people in there, you know, are more like my friends. And um, I'd say there's maybe been one or two instances total in the several years that we've, you know, been hanging out on the server that I've had to step in and, you know, put my moderator hat on and, and do something official. But um, I try not to let this consume my life, you know, like I have to be watching every message that's there. Uh, I feel like there's plenty of other moderators on the server that can, that I trust and, you know, they trust me to fill in and solve problems if one of us isn't there. And, um, you know, I, I don't treat it like a second job, but I, I do feel like it's very important just to, to make sure that the space is just a welcoming space. Yeah. You know, I come again, I come from a, from a long time, you know, the IRC uh, mm -hmm. days, which is, uh, you know, Mirk <laughs> or whatever, you know, my IRC that, that existed. And I was a mod there too in, in a certain, uh, in a certain channel. But, but again, you know, my way of thinking is that, is that it's just not you having, like you said, just having a little at under your name or a different colored Nick. Uh, it's also a bit of a responsibility, like you said. Maybe not not a responsibility, as in, you know, I need to run this every day. But but it's a responsibility to to be there to to help people. But much more than just you know be there and having power to ban is more the the the, the thing of 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 being there and helping people. That's right. and making people welcome, and you know that that's that's for me what is the important part. That's why I said you know I don't have the the time to do it because you know i find that that is the important part about it and that i cannot really do yeah moment, absolutely right? yeah. so on that note then you said that you didn't uh, ban anyone so far and you had uh, so far little days to little times where you had to to do it but how do you handle a community then you know because again me i'm an older guy and being an older guy obviously then i have less less uh, patience sometimes and i had my fair you know bad judgment calls and stuff um you know sometimes you just want to ban some someone when you see it but uh do you find there is any healthy and unhealthy ways to look at the community and you know how do you look at the community that way and how do you judge how sh you should move yeah in that, in it, it's sense? interesting um I'll, I'll continue to use the Omnitype server as an example. There are often cases where um, 
I will, I'll be honest, I will just want to troll somebody. Somebody is in there, you know, they're, they're misbehaving, but not in a way that deserves a ban. And, you know, I'll just want to mess with them or have fun with them. And I kind of have to just, sometimes I'll type out a message and delete it before I send it because I, I really need to just take a breath and remember that, you know, yeah, I'm I here. I don't work for this company, that I did that. but yeah. you know, I, I am representing them in the way and I need to try to be, you know, very, uh, very deliberate with the messages that I send. Um, because one, you know, it sets a bad example for everyone else in the community. If your moderators are out here, um, you know, trolling people who maybe deserve it, maybe don't. But but also, you know, just trying to set the tone. Um, and I, I feel like there are, you know, I, I try to be very transparent and objective when it comes to moderating. Um, I try to not leave a lot of room for interpretation in situations where like disciplinary actions are needed or, you know, I'm trying to say, hey, just stop spamming the server. And I think that that really helps. Um, one, it doesn't give people a lot of ammo to fight back. And uh, and two, I think it really just helps settle situations down when I need it to. Um, and, and, you know, I'm probably not perfect. Everybody has their own style. But for me, I just... Um, you know, I'll hang out and I'll participate just like any other member of the server. People are asking questions or just talking about, you know, preferences in the community. But when I have to step in and, you know, like I said, put on that moderator hat, I just try to be as diplomatic as possible, um, despite how much I might want to just, you know, say, hey, listen here, kid, uh, you know, can't yeah. do that. <laughs> so on that note, do you, do you really feel that you're uh, that you being a lady affects the way that you mod compared to your male colleagues? Uh, you know, first of all, even be, and again, we don't, I don't want to, to sound, uh, you know, sexist, but we obviously know that um, women think differently than men, but you think that that would affect you in the way that you mod, but also do you ever get slack from that, that person because they think, oh, you know, you're just a, you're just a girl, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I, I hope not. Um, I There's really not a lot of instances that stick out to me where I felt that was the case. You know, a couple times I'll receive a couple weird DMs that are almost definitely from a kid, you know, 14, 15 years old. And yeah. just yeah. mad that I, you know, e not the, even that I banned them, but mad that I just, you know, told them to you know stop spamming a channel or something like that. And they'll, you know, they'll see my profile picture on Discord and being, oh, is that you? Oh, that's nice. I bet you get all the boys or something like that. You know, at that point, I'll just ignore <laughs> them. But, uh, you know, it's it's really, even that is fairly innocent. You know, obviously, I prefer them not to do that. But, you know, I haven't ever had a situation where somebody directly or indirectly said something that made me feel like, you know, I was dealing out punishments differently because I'm a woman or that I was re overreacting or underreacting or whatever. Um, and I feel like a lot of that comes down to the fact that, like I said, I just try to be very transparent about everything I do. That's cool. Now, um, so you mentioned before your, your, your involvement in the, um, in Texas community discords, um, how is the community there? Can you tell us a bit about it? Again, I'm sorry, being a dumb Portuguese, <laughs> that I'm not familiar with it. But again, 
you know, is it a big community? How 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 does it go about in in Texas? Yeah, I mean, Texas is a big place, and uh, we have a really great community in Texas, and that is where I've met most of my friends in this hobby. Um, and if you're listening and you have no idea who I am before this podcast, it's probably because you're not in the Texas Discord server uh, or the Omnitype server. But it's it's a great community. Um, we have about 700 members in our uh, Texas Discord server. Um, we've had tons of meetups throughout the years. Um, yeah, this year, last year didn't happen. Like, <laughs> last year I, didn't happen. But, again. Yeah, but, uh, but I... yeah 20, 2019, um, I co-organized the Austin, Texas meetup along with uh, Tyson, Tyson 522. That oh, yeah, Tyson, a, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. a blast. Um, now, I can't wait until COVID is behind us. We can start planning the next one. But, man, for that meetup... We literally had people lined down the street just to check in and, and sign up. I mean, it was crazy. How many people? Of, How many people attended? You know, I'd estimate maybe 200 uh, throughout the day. People come and go, but it was packed. That's nice. Um, yeah, that's cool. That's but cool. yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I have a lot of close friends just in the Texas community. Um, we would regularly have little mini meetups where I'll go to a bar one weekend, bring a board or two. Um, and, you know, we'll play video games in the evenings uh, now that we can't meet up in person. Uh, and we have people who will move away from Texas and still keep up, uh, stay in touch after they move away. But it's it's really a fantastic community. And, and we also have a lot of designers and creators and vendors that are based here in Texas. Probably a lot of the group buys um, that you've seen in recent years uh, have come from Texas creators. Um, That's cool. Does anyone meeting you on a meet on a meetup go like, oh my god, you're you're a girl, you know what I mean? <laughs> I uh, mean, does that happen, or obviously people are all, all aware? Or did you ever have a, a situation where you were talking to someone on Discord and they didn't realize that you were uh, a lady? Uh, maybe more so on the internet where they didn't realize, um, especially like on Reddit where I don't have a profile picture and I won't, Correct. I won't yeah. always correct people if they misgender me in a message or something because they probably just wanted to buy something. I'm never going to talk to them again, but, um, you know, meetups in particular, people have been, you know, pretty welcoming, pretty accepting. Um, there was one instance in particular, and this is really like the, the only gripe I've ever had in this hobby. I think this was at the San Antonio meetup. Um, in 2018, I want to say, where um, I don't know if you have the same um, same tendencies at, at meetups uh, that we tend to here in Texas, but you know we'll usually get an event space, a bunch of folding tables and folding chairs. We'll have all the keyboards out on the folding tables, and we'll kind of line the folding chairs around the room. And what happens, and you know, it, it it both is amusing to me and maybe a little bit depressing also, is you know everyone will show up to the meetup. And people will bring their wives and their girlfriends and their kids, and they will all sit on the chairs along the side of the room, kind of on their phone, and then everyone else is out in the middle talking about keyboards. It's like, come on, you know, involve them in the hobby a little bit. But uh, anyway, I, I walked up to somebody. I don't remember what I asked them. It was something very innocent about their keyboard. I was like, oh, what's what switches do you have on there? Or something very innocent like that. And they immediately, like started explaining to me like what a keyboard was and you know just giving me like very 
condescending explanations of you know oh well this is a switch oh you don't know switches. what this is yeah you know, and i was like come keyboard. on dude it square, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a square thing with it has buttons you don't know what you're talking about right yeah, yeah and i was just trying to make conversation and you know i was polite and didn't correct him and didn't let him know that that table over there is full of my own keyboards you know figure that out later but you know one yeah. bad experience over the countless meetups I've been to, you know, I'll I'll take it. Well, that's a good yeah, that's a good that's a good average. Not not bad, not bad at all, right? Now, another completely different thing, but I need to ask this. So your nickname, paint, you know, fistful of paintball. So I assume that you played or you do pay, play paintball. I do not. True? No, I hate paintball. Um <laughs> So full of paintballs. You... Yeah, that that is the name of an episode um, a t of the TV show Community, um, which was popular from 2009 to 2000, I don't know, 14 or something like that. Uh, mm -hmm. One of my favorite shows. And I picked my Reddit handle in like 2012 or so based on one of the episode titles. Um, I thought it was pretty generic. I thought it, you know. Um, didn't identify me in any way at the time. I just wanted something that was unique. Um, and now that has become my internet identity. And uh, no, I, I hate paintball. You, yeah. you hate it? Curious. Yeah. <laughs> I, I played it once. I had bruises all over my legs. And I, yeah, never again. Don't get me wrong. It's what makes it fun. <laughs> For me, at least, it's what makes it fun. You know, I, I always say, if paintball didn't hurt, that wouldn't be fun. Because then you wouldn't be scared of getting shot, which I, is the, the think, actual thing about it. I think I maybe, used to play it a lot when I was younger. So, you uh, know, I love it. I, I can see the appeal. I think maybe the problem for me was I did not choose to play paintball. Um, I was actually a, a camp counselor. I was like 18 years old and I was helping out uh, with this day camp for kids like 12 to 15 and, mm -hmm. you know, that was the activity of the day. Let's go play paintball. And I didn't know what I was signing up for. I probably wasn't wearing the right gear. Um, oh, yeah, I, I had know to, what you mean. Yeah. to deal yeah, yeah, with yeah. the, you know, internal crisis that I was aiming a gun at children. Um, you know, that wasn't my favorite day. <laughs> but... well, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't put 14-year-olds playing paintball, no. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> that's when we started with, like, 18 or 19, and that was yeah. already, yeah, yeah. It's a grown-up sport. That's what I normally say, you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, and the way that I played it, to be honest, was, uh, uh, so I, I met these, these guys that, that had, a, uh, an actual field where they would play. So it was not just that, um, you know, sometimes you have these arenas where you go in and, right. and some obstacles, but no, we, we used to play it actually in, in a, you know, in a, in a field with trees and stuff. So that would be a bit different at the time. So, so good times that, that those were good times again. You know, I wouldn't advise a 14-year-old to go and play, play paintball <laughs> because, yeah, it hurts. Yep. It hurts. Yep. That's it. So any hobbies that you have apart from uh, the mechanical keyboards? Um, keyboards take up a lot of my time. Um, I, I like programming. Um, I mentioned earlier I'm a software engineer, so I'll do occasionally just hobby programming projects. Um, I'm also into 3D printing. Um, I got a 3D printer a year or so ago, and I'm still kind of learning how to use it, but um, it's really awesome. Just the feeling of power it gives you to see a problem in your house and go model something up and print it and solve your problem. I yeah. love that. I don't I don't want to even buy one at the moment because I know that it's <laughs> going to be get me hooked. So it's, no, oh, it's a game changer. 
Now, sometimes I'll print practical practical things, and sometimes I'll print out like a giant goose, and uh, yeah, both that, make me that's happy. That's the thing, right? Is that I know that if I bought one, one of the first things I would be printing is a unicorn for my daughter. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. She was going to say, "Oh no, 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 I want this." Right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm also pretty into sports. Um, I don't play sports, but I love watching uh, football, American football, and baseball are probably my top two. So, um, I'm sorry to say, you know, I've tried. <laughs> I really tried to look at at, at baseball, not football, but uh, because uh, I I enjoyed the other type of football, the real football. <laughs> not joking. I'm sorry, American guys, don't kick me, but you know, the real so- or like you guys say, soccer. That's what right. football is. But anyway, <laughs> um, but I I tried. It's on honestly, right? I tried to watch um, you know baseball, like I tried to watch cricket. And it's one of those few sports that I don't really understand. Even knowing some of the rules, you look at it and you don't understand. <laughs> you know, most what I normally say is that most of the sports, and even like American football, most of the sports, if you don't know it and you watch it for, you know, an hour, you start understanding a bit of what's going on. Yeah. And cricket, mostly cricket, right? I don't get it. <laughs> well, I don't understand what's going on. Neither do I. You know what I mean? People, you know, they the same thing happens, but sometimes people clap, the other times no, and you go like, what? It was exactly the same thing. What happened? Exactly the same thing, but apparently something was different, right? But, you know, uh, it's a curious thing. So, but but uh, now, one of the things that, that I wanted to ask you is that you mentioned about robotics mm-hmm. in school. Did you ever did anything uh, more with it? Did you went, you know, no, this what was, type of robotics uh... did you... Did you work with? This was Lego robotics that I did probably in fourth or fifth grade. I was like, what, eight or nine years old. Uh, this is something that I probably would have really enjoyed pursuing if given the opportunity. But, um, you know, it just wasn't where life took me. Um, I, I Now love... with your programming skills, you could. <laughs> you could even build a robot that, that you know, one of yeah, those you know, I've, I've messed around with some, that, some Arduino that they... stuff. Uh, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love hardware. I could really see myself getting into it. Just, uh, just not a hobby I've pursued since, since the Lego days. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Right. Last question of the podcast. If, or last questions of the podcast, uh, if you could change something today in the keyboard hobby, what would it be? Um, I would say clout chasing. I feel like there's such a difference. Um, I'm just going to use like the uh, our mechanical keyboard subreddit just as an example. But there's such a difference in the type of posts you see on there today versus what you saw even like two, three years ago. And I feel like so much more... First of all, so many new people are entering the hobby. And the hobby has grown so much, which I think is a great thing. But... I would also say that just so many people, they'll see a picture of something and they have to have that thing and they have to have that thing because it makes them feel important. And maybe I'm projecting a little bit, but I really, I miss the days where more of the conversation was just based on innovation 
where, you know, the top post would be somebody who had this crazy hand-wired build versus now maybe the top post is like somebody took a picture of GMK Olivia outside with some scenery and a nice camera, which, you know, I enjoy those pictures too, but I really miss more of the, you know, the experimental stuff, the, the switch science and that kind of thing. Um, Look at me with my key cult, which is worth 3K plus my yeah, key I mean, set that's worth 5K plus my... Exactly. Yeah, and, and beyond that, you know, part of the reason that I really fell in love with this hobby is I just like building stuff. I love soldering. I love tinkering. And it almost breaks my heart when people these days come in and they're like, what's the best hot swap board I can buy? It's like, you know, that takes all the fun out of it, <laughs> at least to me. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. maybe... Maybe I'm just, you know, shaking my fist at a cloud. Uh, maybe I should just, you know, let people enjoy what they want. But I, I feel like um, just a lot of the, a lot of the like experimentation that we used to see in this hobby has really dwindled in favor of like people complaining about sitting in a checkout wait list to get, you know, that that hot new board that they saw on some YouTube review channel. It's funny that you say that because it's true, right? Even in my in my and again, I didn't join that long ago, but but even in my time, you know, there weren't that many hot swap boards. And I'm guessing that if I got in now, where you can get a pretty decent uh, hot swap board, I probably would never have learned how to solder and I never had gotten into it because, mm -hmm. you know, what's the point? I can get whatever, you know, whatever I want and that's yep. it, right? And that's and I'm with you on that. For me, the, the real uh, you know enjoyment of the hobby is the building about it. It's the building, the tinkering, the you know the figuring out those things, understanding that. Oh wait, you know I have this keyboard, but I have three different plates, and I do it on a different plate, and it sounds completely different, and it feels completely different, right? And and all and even the switches. Oh wait, this switch is and 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 I see that a lot today, which is people just go like oh. You know, so what is the best switch I can buy? Exactly. Right? I hate that question so much. <laughs> you know, it's... and it happens to me sometimes where you go, you know, if someone is starting, I like to, uh, when someone is starting, I like to go to give them the, the best, you know, cost benefit option. And I normally go like, what do you want? Linears? Okay. So you mm -hmm. should try like Gatron Yellows, which, you know, is not the best switch in the world, but it's a very, very, very good switch for the price. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Oh, but what is the best one? <laughs> and you go like, okay, so then the best one, you just need to spend like three times as much. Right. That's how it is. And, you know, this one you can go and order now and buy it. The other one you need to wait three or four months to get it. It's your choice. Right? You spend three times as much and, you know, it, but 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 I can see that a lot too, is that people, because people are, you know, um, people end up being very much, like you said, because they see that in Reddit, and they get fed all this, people want to go behind the hype and follow the hype, right? Right, yeah. And they stopped being much more of a, of, of people that look it, into it and think by themselves. Absolutely. And think, you know what? I'm going to try this because, you know, this is what I have, the amount of money I have. I want to try this, and then later I'm going to consider this and this and this, right? Yeah, I, I think that sums it up really well. It, it's become a lot more consumer focus and just having to have the the new thing or the hot thing versus you know really just taking the time to to figure out what your preferences are and experiment and you know um, find your own niche do you find that that uh, <clears throat> it's also attached to the and again i don't want to this but 
obviously the the newer generations are less um, patient than the previous ones. You find that that is also tied to that that you know you end up having you know people younger people have less patience, and again yeah. people that are joining now because they see all this and they just expect this to be the norm. Yeah, I don't think you know, and I don't even want to make the assumption that there's anything fundamentally different about the this generation than than the previous one. Um, I think it's more that there are more younger people in general joining the hobby, and there's more people who, um, you know, are are aware of this hobby from a distance and want to join it. And um, you know, I think the, definitely the fact that somebody is younger, you know, they probably don't don't have the same interests that. You know, they don't see it as a hobby in the same way that I see it as a hobby, where I see it as a cool way to like experiment and build. They see it in more of like the, the PC peripherals market where, you know, they yeah, they, no, they, want, with you. they want the shiny commercial thing. And, you know, yes, maybe some of that can be attributed to the fact that, you know, they're 16 years old with, you know, some money they saved up from a summer job. But I wouldn't say that, you know, if I were 16 in the same situation, I wouldn't, you know, <laughs> that I would be any different. Um no, I think correct, it's just correct, it's yeah. it's it's grown a lot. It's a lot more accessible, and that's just kind of the trade off. Is you know you have a lot the, the barrier to entry is so much lower that you know the the impatience kind of can still grant you what you want. It's funny that you mentioned that because it's true, right? It's that um, all of these new people joining the hobby again, not dissing anyone again, far from it. But all these new people joining the hobby, they they you know. They don't appreciate the the difficulty that that existed before, <laughs> right? They don't. They, honestly, in in a, in a way, right? We're talking about. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, even even in other episodes, I, I spoke about it, even with Jay, that you know they men, he mentioned that you know there was like one group buy every two months, three months. Right. Now you have ten group buys <laughs> each month, right? So so you know the the, the hobby definitely changed a lot, right? In that, so you know, I think that. That virtue, and I and I and I personally have that that too, which is uh, sometimes people you know new people ask me stuff and and then you tell them yeah you can order this it's a great board oh but you have to wait like three months to get it <laughs> exactly three months and you go like yeah three months is nothing man sometimes I tell them look I'm waiting for key sets that I bought like a year ago and they're still not here you know and I and I have no idea when they will be right so. I think that people nowadays they don't you know our hobby because it, it has it it has indeed become much more mainstream than it was before. Right. And uh, so people are, you know, like you said, people are thinking about our hobby like the corsairs and razors, which mm -hmm. are in stock, and you can go and buy them. And it's not the same thing, and it, I don't think that they appreciate part of it too. Yeah, you know, I, I don't I, think I, these people understand what a key cult is what uh, you know what what it is about it you know they just look at it as like you said clout i have one and they don't understand why is it a key cult right you know yeah which, which I, is i you know what i mean i think that that hits the nail on the head um you know four four years ago you you couldn't just there were no in stock keyboards in terms of the you know your custom aluminum builds and now there are to some extent, you know, you can go buy an NK65. I think those run, what, like every month now, um, you know, and, and, and they still see, gets 
and he still gets death threats. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> my, my point is they'll but, see yeah. that in stock and they'll be like, well, why can't they just buy that in stock key set? And, you know, it's mm-hmm. um, I, I think that, you know, the, the the mentality is very different depending on who you are and where you're coming from and what you want out of this hobby. And, um, you know, for better or for worse, the, the most mainstream desire out of, you know, those various groups of people is the buy it now, want it now, it looks nice, we're done. Um, you know, on on a, on that note too is that um, something that people don't realize and happened to me too, which is you buy a key set as an example and when you get it delivered, your tastes changed dramatically and you don't really, and you look at it, it was like, oh yeah, I like this like eight months ago. <laughs> right? yep. Now it's not really my thing anymore, but you know. <clears throat> I'm not one to flip, so I end up staying with them. Oh, that, that's that's uh, a whole separate can of worms. That's right? a that, that's a whole that's a whole. I, I normally say this. That's a whole episode, and when right. that happens, I'll need to invite like ten people, and that's going to be a three-hour-long episode just ranting on flipping. But that's another story, right? Right. Last question of the of, of the podcast, and it is: um, What is next for uh, Aaron? AKA faced full of paintballs. So yeah, what are you um, looking for this year? Well, hopefully we'll, you know, get back to normal somewhat this year and be able to have some meetups again. But um, I would just say if, if you're listening and you're at all interested in the uh, Texas keyboard community, we're a great group of people. Um, you can join our server by going to texmex.click. That's T-E-X-M-E-C-H-S dot click. Um, it's an open invite. We're friendly. Even if you don't live here, uh, you're still welcome. And uh, if you do live in Texas, um, please join. Uh, we're nice. We try to have more meetups soon when uh, when we're able. And yeah, I encourage everybody to, to come hang out with us. Fantastic. Fantastic. Erin, la- only thing left to say is thank you so much for joining. Thank I you. I really appreciate you being being here. Uh, as a defendant of the of the, all the the ladies in our in our <laughs> hobby, unfortunately there are not that many that I know and that 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 exist. But again, we're fighting for equality, so we make sure that that they will be here. You know, they will join uh, very soon. If they're not here, they will join very soon. So, and I'm sure that you also do your part in trying to make them join, which is you know something that we need too. Doing my best. Indeed, indeed. Again, Erin, thank you so much for for joining. I really appreciate. And guys, thank you for listening. Um, just a reminder: we have an email address where you can send us emails, which is the talk at the talk podcast at gmail.com. We also have a, a Twitter account where you can follow us and you can be notified every time the new episode comes in. That's at the talk in Twitter. Uh, and again, guys, thank you so much for listening. You have a good one.